You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, CarCast today is going to be fun. We're going to talk about the Ram TRX. We're going to talk about Corvette C8 and some track numbers on how that car performs and a lot more. Before we get started, right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? You're never going to be able to save money like this again. Well, maybe not, but there's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, with Bill Goldberg, uh, coming in from Texas. And we welcome back, uh, welcome back our good buddy, Alistair Weaver from Edmonds. How are you, guys? Alistair, you good? I'm very good, thank you, yes. How are you doing, Bill? Peachy, top of the morning to you, Joe. (laughs) Uh, well, we've got some, uh, we've got some exciting, uh, news to go through, um, as as you guys are sure have heard, or for anybody's seen anything on social media, it's all about the Dodge T R X, the Ram T R X, or T T Rex. Maybe it's T Rex. Uh, the uh, the video that they put out though was kind of funny, where the uh, the intro part and they're doing all the historical stuff and getting you excited and blah blah blah. And then there's the clip I think from Jurassic Park where the T Rex grabs the raptor and throws it <laughs> by its neck and i was like hey wait a minute uh so we got some uh ram st- uh news to talk about we want to talk about that truck and uh and edmund's got the c8 corvette in that you guys ordered right so uh yeah and- only about 10 months late <laughs> right so nothing like a last minute deal. The bronc open yeah, uh, this, the front the, the front does open. Yeah, does it close? Does it stay closed? Uh, I, they're working on that. They're working on that. I think. Yeah, we we got it just as there was a re- the recall announced. But <laughs> I think we ordered this thing. I actually forget when we ordered it because I think it was we ordered it super early, and then it was going to be built in December, and then there's a the whole UAW strike. Then it was going to be built in January, and then that was that was delayed the strike, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So it was eventually built last month, and we took delivery literally a week ago. Uh, just well, over a week ago, well, but we've I, taken you down the test truck. I can reveal. Yeah, we want to get into some of the numbers and stuff on that because we haven't had a chance to drive one over here. Um, but there are a handful that are out there, so uh, I'm sure other people have numbers. But um, we want to get into yours because uh, there's obviously it's a consistency in how you test things. Uh, I know that you guys ordered your C8 around the time you ordered your your orange GT500. Uh, so that kind of gives us some reference as to what you guys even put the orders in, right? Yeah, so it, I've it, actually it's been got months. test figures, test figures from our track for the GT500 and the Corvette because they're basically the same price. But obviously, Corvette's giving up, giving away a huge amount of horsepower. But it's pretty interesting reading. I, it, it, or, or listening, actually. Both cars seem incredibly fun and wildly different, um, but similarly priced. Is your is your C8 uh, orange? As well, no the C the C8's blue, so it's oh. a really kind of bright blue, like a cyan blue. Yeah, I liked that blue when I saw it. I thought it was one of the better colors out there. Um, before we get started, uh, just a reminder from our friends at Dodge: it's time for Dodge Power Dollars. This means for each horsepower, you get ten dollars off your purchase of a Dodge Charger, Challenger, and Durango. So come in to, for a Dodge Power Dollars today for a pretty sweet deal. Speaking of. Uh, New Dodge uh, Ram TRX. Uh, it got announced, and nine and a half seconds later, Bill's on the phone trying to get one. Did you? Uh, did you get your Dodge Power Dollars? <laughs> nine and a half seconds later? Are you kidding me? I'm not losing my touch. It was two and a half seconds. Actually, it was simultaneously. It was as the launch was going. Yeah, I did my deal where I went to the site and then I called Trussell at the same time. I should have known not to call him during the middle of the launch. I mean, that's pretty insensitive, but. Uh, you know, a man needs information before he can click that button. And actually, you couldn't order it until the next day. So, <clears throat> so you you uh, you got an order in. Let me guess. Uh, black on black. Uh, nope. All, uh, wait, launch edition, all the options? 
Launch edition, 702 units. They only come in Anvil, which is similar to the uh, Destroyer Gray. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to be like 701 other people, and then I'm going to wrap mine in black instantly. So, yeah, I'll have the best of both both worlds. So you were correct, but you were incorrect at the same time. I kind of like that Anvil. That Anvil looks nice. I've only seen the pictures of it, but it looks kind of nice, that, and a little bit different. Yeah, Trussell says it's got like a bluish hue to it. So I'm curious to see it. I like the Destroyer Gray. He didn't get one, it sounds like, because he's already got a number of Destroyer Gray Challengers and similar vehicles. But, um, yeah, that's the only color that, that the first edition is going to be offered in. Evidently, they're going to start building them in October. And then uh, two, three months later, you can start ordering the other TRXs. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. My, my question to you, to both of you guys, though, and it's a question that's been festering for a number of years. Um, you have these launches, or not these launches, but you have these, uh, I'm not going to even say debuts. You have these teasers go out talking about, you know, a future product being put out that people are going to jump out of their seats for. And, and you get people excited about it, and then two, three, five, ten years later, it's still not there. Now, you've seen a different number of manufacturers go about it in different ways. But my question is, once you get the hype of like a TRX or a Bron- uh, the new Bronco uh, coming out, how, how quickly do they have to get this thing out to market before people lose that enthusiasm that you struck immediately by posting the potential for that vehicle to come out? Yeah, that's an interesting point because Bronco seems like it's being teased for a decade now. I mean, it just seems like that one was back at the time where, and Alistair, you can chime in on this, but uh, there was a time where they would do a concept car that was, you know, maybe 80% of what a real car could be, but now budgets don't really allow for that. You know, like the concept car that debuts needs to be much closer to a production car. Uh, a very good example would be um, uh, the Porsche. Yes, the electric uh, Porsche. Remember how beautiful it was the first rendering that we saw. Yeah. And remember how I fell head over heels in love with it mm-hmm. but when it came out. It was. I think it was visually a far departure from what they originally put out there. There was, so, there, there was definitely some changes on that. Uh, I I think it was Monterey last year. We saw um, the uh, the Acura. TLX or whatever type S that they were going to do. And then they brought that same concept car to SEMA. And now they're getting ready to roll it out and they're releasing horsepower numbers. And it looks very similar. You know, whatever. One had shaved door handles and no mirrors. And this one, you know, obviously has door handles and mirrors, you know. But uh, but there's not a huge departure between, like, the concept car for, for Acura and the production car. And it seems like it's hitting the market quickly. Well, yeah, the thing is, you have to remember that most of the time, th- these cars are designed generally about three to five years out, typically. So it, this is kind of what get you, it's sometimes hard to get your head around. I've actually been in design studios and seen stuff that's literally five years away because it takes that long from a kind of basic design freeze to, to then do all the engineering. So what they end up doing, and we've seen this time and again, is you actually do a concept car after you've got the production car. So you know what the real thing looks like. And then you kind of reverse engineer the concept car so that you you basically tease it up without giving too much away, but at the same time, not creating too much excitement. So to Bill's point, you go, oh, uh, you know, that's not that's not quite what I was hoping it was. So they're, they're always kind of playing this game with you. It also depends whether there's a, a vehicle in the market. So if you look at something like the BMW X7, BMW didn't have a big three row SUV, so they could tease that thing miles out. But if they had an existing X7, then you don't want to tease the new one too far out because you ham- you, there's a fear that you you um, hamper sales of the current model. Yeah. So it's this constant dance that they're playing. I mean, one one example we're talking about, like Honda NSX or Acura NSX over here, I think that was like six years from us seeing what was basically the finished car to it going on sale. And by the time you actually drove the thing, it was like, yeah, this thing's really old. <laughs> don't you see resent, don't you see resentment towards that manufacturer if they play you along too long if they if they string you along too long and then either come out with something vastly different or not coming out with it at all you know i mean i know I, there, there's a lot of factors that play into it whether it be 
you know, uh, Corona, whether, uh-huh. <laughs> whether it be yeah. the vehicles you have out on the market or the competitors. But, you know, you can only tease people for so long before they're like, yeah, you know, you're crying wolf again. We're, we're not going to expect that one. We're not going to get, yeah. you know, enthusiastic about it. I'm just wondering how long. I'm just wondering, you know, what that sweet spot is. Is it a year? Is it two years? Is it four years? And you're going to lose interest. And it's just crazy how we're seeing it play out in front of our eyes. You know, to to almost. Sorry, I was going to say, to your point, Alistair, though, there is a difference between, let's say, Bronco, which is fresh and new, and Corvette C8, which is pretty new, even though there's an existing Corvette, versus uh, the the Ram TRX. We have a Ram, we have a truck, and this is a hotter version of the existing truck. So yeah, you could kick around the concept idea, but you can't debut it today and then launch it, you know, 22 months from now, because there is a platform there already, right? Uh, But for Bronco, because it's basically ground up, not Bronco Sport, I know that's basically got some Ford Escape underneath it, although that's pretty new as well. Uh, I, I think there is a difference between Look, you mentioned Porsche. We have the new Porsche platform, right? And uh, but now they need to start quickly rolling out, like whatever, uh, turbo, and then turbo S, or 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 vice versa, and then Targa, okay. and then you know GT two, GT three. Like they can't they can't have those things roll out five years after the nine eleven came out because they're getting ready for a new nine eleven at that point, right? <laughs> so so there there is if a certain not amount already. Of, yeah, there there's a certain yeah. amount of of time for new cars versus revisions to the existing platform. There's so much science goes into that managing a life cycle. So if your car lasts seven years, if it's like a luxury car or something, how you manage that seven years midway through, you do like a little facelift where you just tweak a few things. You spend as little money as possible. And then you have to do little things, whether it's special editions or hot versions or whatever, which is why things like focus RS came out so late and everything else is desperately trying to create a halo for the rest of the race. So, it's all a, I say it's a dance. It's a game that they're, they're constantly playing. Do you think the time in between models for revisions and facelifts is going to decrease? Because now we live in a world of of iPhones and things like that that are constantly changing. I mean, for 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 better or worse, uh, an example we've brought up many times is Toyota Supra. Uh, Supra came out, and people are probably still waiting for theirs or just getting theirs and already new Supra with a lot more horsepower is, is on its way. Uh, you know, there's a whole discussion about like, what did you get? And do you feel bad about it? Did you pay a markup? Blah, blah, blah. But is that going to become the, the normal thing would be more revisions. Should we expect a, a, a car model, to be revised a little bit each year, maybe some nips and tucks, or we've got better tech, or our our infotainment is faster, or or whatever. Especially with over the air uh, uh, updates. I mean, model years. There's always little tweaks, new colors, little trims, that sort of thing for each model year. There's always like a subtle, a subtle revision. But yeah, I mean, Supra is a really interesting case in point. But it created a lot of buzz for a very short amount of time. It, re- it was like a sparkler, you know, it burned bright for 30 seconds and then disappeared. And and even looking at our films, well, a barometer of it is like how well our films do on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And super stuff is just not performing for us. Once you'd had that initial burst of excitement, and maybe that's also why they come in with a special edition. As soon as you see people come really early with special editions, and yeah. a bit more horsepower, a bit of this and that, it's just because it's not performing for them and they're desperately trying to tr- try things to, to get it moving. The other interesting thing about over-the-air stuff is, yeah, I was talking to a, fr- uh, to a friend. As soon as you can get Apple CarPlay, then actually getting the latest model becomes less and less important because actually what you're normally buying is you want the tech, you want the navigation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, if you go back three years now and a car's got Apple CarPlay, then actually you've kind of got the latest tech for, for most of the stuff that you're using all the time. Yeah. So it becomes less important. Yeah, okay. Let's. Um... Yeah, that's in my view. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the Ram TRX. We're going to have to get into it, uh, of course. So let's, uh, Alistair, tell us what you know about it based on, I don't know, it's just from insider trading versus uh, what the video is. I, I can tell you guys this. Um, just before I got here, uh, I spoke to Dodge and they told me that their, um, you know, their, their invitational press event will be... Uh, 
will be in October. And uh, uh, I, I guess I can say it's in Tahoe, but uh, it's going to be in October, Tahoe. And uh, and then the press fleet will start filling up right after that. So as far as uh, when you may get one, Bill, being you know sort of a preferred customer, if you will, versus when the media will start to test them, uh, we're probably looking at uh, a mid to end of October at the earliest before we are able to start driving them. Um, uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what I've got so far. Uh, I don't know, Alistair, if you're uh, if they told you that information yet or not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think what you're saying make, makes a lot of sense. Um, it's funny we just done a film of Power Wagon versus Tremor, which instantly looks out of date now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we did Power Wagon versus Raptor. You know, the decisions you made that, that prove, prove erroneous. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a relatively obvious thing to do isn't it drop the hellcat engine into a truck and and give it a retune so we've got 702 horsepower 650 pounds feet of torque they're claiming zero to 60 in four and a half seconds i mean that's insane for an off-road truck Absolutely. fuel consumption will fuel consumption will probably be in the negatives but i'll verify that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure you It'll will be gallons per mile what is the zero to 60 of the raptor do we know do we? Uh, we I, I'm sure you have it somewhere. Uh, maybe oh. I'll just throw that out there, and you could send out the uh, you know the bat signal to see if if you recall. But I that, yeah, I can't remember the top of my head. But that was one of the things somebody asked me right away. Was I said, hey, the 702 horsepower, zero to sixty, you know, four and a half seconds for the for the TRX, and they said, well, what's the Raptor? And I was like, I don't know, six. I mean, it seems quick, but you know, it's not it's not break your neck fast, but uh, it, it it seems quick and and I, you know I I think Ram is saying they've got uh, of course you know it's a lot of marketing terms and this and that but they're saying they've got the most sophisticated shock the most uh, off road worthy shock on it which is um which is which is cool I I mean I love that they're doing all of that and I think one of the one of the benefits of of the Raptor is its ability to do high-speed off-road. It's actually a very comfortable vehicle to drive. Even around around here, around town, getting on the 405 in a bumpy freeway, that thing just glides over a freeway. It's one of the nicest things to drive. You know, sure, there's a little bit of body roll and some wobble back and forth, you know, brake dive Flush. because of the, you know. But, yeah, it's one of the nicest suspensions that's out there. So I'd be curious to see how... Uh, how uh, you know Ram will perform with it, but you know what? What else do we know about it? The biggest thing about around as a as a road going vehicle, I mean, depending on where you live in the country, maybe okay in Texas, is is just how wide it is because it's a it's an F one it's a F one fifty sorry it's a Ram fifteen hundred with with a with a Stick bigger pressure. yeah with, with 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 big arches, so it's going to be a you know for you and i living in la matt it's going to be a monster to drive it will be a monster to drive i hear squeaking yeah. i don't know what that squeaking noise is is that bob that's bob <laughs> that's bob bob, bob? bob is bob? on the air bob is a tiny bird <laughs> i see chris freaking out in the studio going what the hell is that squeaking noise <laughs> i'm sorry man and, i can't put a muzzle on it right? i wish i could this I'm is, trying to teach him. I'm trying to teach him how to be a bird. I thought it was like is Goldberg using like an old thigh master or something that we can't I see. Mean, you know, I, I just I, hey, I'm Mr. Mom, dude. I'm multi. <laughs> Give me a break. Okay, Bob, it's Bob. I didn't. Bob know. is the rescue uh-huh. bird. <laughs> that he's been hand feeding and teaching. We're trying to, to teach him how to fly, man. Anybody out there that knows how to teach a bird how to fly, please let me know. And, and yes, don't, other don't birds. The, don't give me the pick him up and throw him in the air. Thing. No, other birds teach birds how to fly. People don't. Why do, do you this? think we're outside? I'm trying to give him. You know, he can learn through osmosis. Watch his friends fly around. I don't know what. All right, so that's that's what. It is. So if it's driving you nuts, it's because he's. I'm got such the, a badass. I got a little bird named Bob. He's, he's got a little bird named Bob, and he's got a babysit the bird for today. So uh, uh, I, apparently, bird has Bob has a Bob, lot to chill, say. Man. Chill, buddy. He's you're, it's all good. It is yeah, so he's... loud. He's so loud. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> he's so loud. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I'm quiet down in a second. I, I, I lost. Uh, I lost Bob. my train of thought. All right. So uh, Ram Ram TRX. 
wider than a raptor? Bigger than a raptor? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be similar. I mean, the other thing we should discuss is there's a pretty persistent rumor. Um, I haven't got this officially confirmed that they're going to drop. I think Ford is going to respond by dropping the uh, GT500 engine potentially into the uh, into the F1 into the Raptor. Into the Raptor, yeah. So it's kind of interesting because for a second they were like, "Hey, we should really focus on on some fuel economy to go with our super off-road vehicle." But now they're Grr. like, "No, that's not what people really wanted. <laughs> it's not really what people wanted. They wanted." Look, it's 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 weird when when you look at our cafe standards and our fight for fuel economy. All it did was amp up our horsepower wars. It's 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 who can make the more the most horsepower now through more efficient means, right? Through through. Uh, uh, more fuel efficient gas engines, turbocharging, supercharging, uh, hybrid technology, electric motors, uh, and then and, and Alistair, maybe you could explain this better than I can. The these cars with these forty eight volt systems, but they don't have an electric motor. But somehow, yeah, it's like a mild hybrid thing. Yeah, it's, but it's, but, it's, but it creates yeah. horsepower. Like we talked about the. Uh, the uh, the Gordon Murray T fifty and he's like I don't know what he said he said something like four hundred six hundred and forty nine horsepower but six ninety in an instant when you need it without adding a, a, a battery or a hybrid motor and he's like with the forty eight volt system and now we're starting to see that come up with a couple of other vehicles saying oh we could give you a little power how are they creating a power boost with just a with uh, with this uh, higher voltage system, but where's the power going? How are they putting it's, it to the ground? Well, it's all about how you how you fire up the ele- an, an, an electric motor and how you how you basically deploy deploy currents. Yeah, I mean, it is super interesting. We're talking about Raptors with with GD five hundred engines, in, but actually, the hybrid one, you know, the hybrid one is going to be insane just because you've got all that instantaneous torque. Yeah, so it's kind of. It's almost like that. Oh, I mean, it's funny that they, they call the TRX after a dinosaur, isn't it? But it's going to be, you know, I think that hybrid F one fifty is going to be an interesting match in a, in in straight line terms, just because you're going to have so much torque, so much grunt. What's the weight difference? That's my question. Uh, we haven't wait. I mean, we're a little bit out that for a little bit far away for the F one fifty hybrid to to know that. I mean, it will add. It depends. You're going to trade a bit on the gas engine for obviously additional weight for the batteries and everything else. I, think, I don't know how long they get, how much, how much range, because that'll all depend on how much range they want as to how much battery they have to put in. But bear in mind, as a percentage of the overall weight, it's not like you're strapping batteries to a Prius. You know, adding adding mass to an F one hundred and fifty or a Ram fifteen hundred doesn't you know doesn't make that much difference. Also, if it's if it's low and it's in the middle, and and you're right, if you go to smaller engine, you can add some battery weight. If you go to smaller fuel tank, you can add some battery weight. I I, I think Alistair maybe a good example would be uh, in Ford's world a Lincoln Aviator gas engine turbo versus Lincoln Aviator hybrid turbo, right? Like. Uh, you know, the smaller fuel tank, a, a little bit different conf- configuration. Where are they putting the weight, and what sort of additional power and torque do you get? Um, and we we are seeing, like to your point, the hybrid versions of vehicles are turning out to be the quicker versions. Anything from a Rav Four, Rav Four Hybrid, is more yeah. horsepower that and quicker. Seems, that thing's crazy fast. That Rav Four Prime, yeah, yeah, the plug-in one, and. uh uh, that's kind of interesting. So yeah, F one fifty hybrid. When do we start getting into modifying this? And I meant to ask this to um, to the Acura guys because it, it 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 was one of the first things that came up is the Acura NSX cool car and historically has been oftentimes modified quite a bit. Uh, new Acura NSX comes out and it's it's hybrid. And it has electric motors on the front, but let's say you you do something simple like you're you know you're you're working on your your cold air intake for the gas engine, or you're gonna you, you know you're gonna tune it or something and put the gas engine on a dyno to get a little more horsepower out of it. How does it work with the electric drivetrain? If you're, I, I imagine right now it's 
so smartly paired together, what it goes on and off and the amount of power that it does combined. But if you start hot rotting one aspect of it, what does it do to the other half of the of the car, right? What does it do to the electric half if you hot rod the uh, the gas engine half? Yeah, because sometimes these things are not just about going fast in a straight line. They're actually using the torque from the electric motors to manage the handling as well. Oh yeah. So you need the you need the computers to understand what the hell's going on, and if suddenly they get a they get an entirely different signal, it's going to. Um, uh, the straight answer is I don't really know, Matt, and maybe somebody listening can can help us out with this. How you, yeah, how you get into tuning it because everything is so much is so much in sync now, uh, and it's not a case of, you know, the, the hybrid systems are being used, and Ferrari's good at this as well. You know, the hybrid systems are being used to support the performance and to not just in a straight line, but how it how it handles and how it how it deals with understeer and oversteer. So. Yeah, if you start playing with one, it's bound to have a compound impact on everything else. You know, look, I'm it, just going to assume that it's not entering a code will will wipe everything <laughs> out. I'm assuming it's going to be a little more. In, I, I mean, it, you're right. Is are there fail safes built in? Does it start to shut something down? Does it start to say, "Hey, you're over spinning this or or over revving that or 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 how you know sort of how does that? I wonder how that works. Look, in the world of Ferrari and McLaren, maybe this is a little bit less of an issue because those cars are already batshit crazy fast. There's not a lot of modifications you're going to do. Most of the mods in those cars are, you know, it's visual appearance. You're doing wheels and different wraps and things like that. Um, but as this starts to trickle down to to more of, of a higher volume vehicle, uh, you know, I mentioned NSX because they've been hot rodded in the past, but there's not a lot of those new NSXs on the road. Um, but when you start getting into something like F-150, hybrid F-150, there's a shit ton of Ford F-150s out on there with, you know, with with aftermarket exhaust and catback exhaust and high flow filters and cold air intakes and 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 uh, and. Uh, tuners and chips and dash mounted screens that you know increase towing or increase you know miles per gallon or extra horsepower and everybody out there from banks and whatever are tuning these things what does it do to a hybrid version of that vehicle you know if you take your i don't know if the if the the Ford F-150 hybrid is a four-cylinder or six-cylinder, but if it's 250 horsepower and you add 40 extra horsepower to the gas engine, what is it going to do to the hybrid technology that's, that's you know, pairing it up, especially if, if, if it's got, you know, electric motors on the front wheels and gas engine powering the rear wheels? I'm just curious how that's going to happen. And uh, I, I got to imagine that the car companies at some point are going – yeah, we did think about that. Or someone's going, I don't know. Let's just try it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> right? Do you think uh, the guys at Acura are going, I don't know. Let's, let's add 40 horsepower to the gas engine and see what happens. See what kind of lights fire up on the dashboard and <laughs> check engine lights and stuff. Well, they already do it a little bit for um, like octane ratings, like 93, 91, 89 or whatever. Okay, that's they a good already- point. There you go. They have it in built into the ECU so that if you have a, you know, you put different gas in, then, then the car will manage that. I guess the thing is when you're surprising it, isn't it? When you're suddenly throwing like a 110 octane fuel into it. Yeah. I, uh, th- there's probably a cap on it, right? So, yeah, now these days the engines are so sophisticated, the the computers in them, the knock sensors and things like that, yeah. uh, you know, it, to the point where Ford for a while specifically and other car companies are saying, hey, you, you want a new Mustang GT? You want a 5.0 Mustang? Sure, it's got 460 horsepower on 93 octane, but you don't have to run the 93. You can run it on 87. You want to save a couple bucks? It'll cut, I don't know, 27 horsepower off your car, but you can run it on 87 all day long. And then when you want the extra horsepower, just fill it up with the good juice and uh, the computer will figure it out and give you the extra horsepower. So they're saying that's a cost thing. It's a fu- you know I wouldn't say fuel efficiency thing as as much as it is a cost thing. Going, you don't have to fill it up on premium all the time, you know. And in California, we've got all shit gas anyway. So who knows how much horsepower we're making with our cars? It's it's interesting because uh, uh, so many of 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 the publications like like Edmonds are here in California. 
And when you guys test, do you do you, do you load up on VP fuel or, or do you just roll up to the to the Chevron and put our crappy ninety one in there and then Yeah, we roll on ninety one. Yeah. Yeah, we so, so all the numbers are just so I don't know, maybe uh maybe the, the, the Ram T R X does four point five seconds zero to sixty in Texas, but not in California. Come out of here and get some more kind of fuel. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You get Bill to turn up with his turn up with a can. Turn up with a can. Um, um, I I, I do to think. Well, like my biggest yeah. fear is what that thing would do to our test track. Whether we can even just. I mean, honestly, things things are getting so far. I know we have a we have like a little bump in 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 our uh, in our, our straight line test, and and, and normally there's, there's no issue. But some of this stuff gets so fast now. Like the GT500, you can actually hear the revs go. Phew! <laughs> a little bit over the bump just because it's getting so uh it loses so a little speed. bit of traction right and it just yeah. revs yeah huh interesting fantastic so um i assume you haven't uh gotten any other information or an inside track or look at the trx is there anything that you know that you can share with us no i think the other the other interesting i'm due to have a little drive in a uh, short while of the V8 uh, Wrangler, mm. which obviously isn't a Hellcat engine. We talked about that last time I was on, and it's kind of interesting, isn't it? You almost feel like the 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 impact of that vehicle is going to be diminished a little bit because everyone's like, "Oh, we've got a V8 Wrangler," and it's like, "Ah, oh, yeah," but now we've got a TRX. Yeah, now you got a TRX. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and there's always the there's always the group of guys who love the fact that the 392 is offered, but they still want the Hellcat motor in there. Yeah, and that's the question I'll be asking as to as to why, you know, is that limit? We talked about cooling or even even packaging. Why why can they not drop that engine in? Uh, maybe it's a marketing thing. Maybe they wanted something in the middle. They wanted the Jeep to fit in the middle of of you know normal Jeep and normal uh, Ram versus TRX with supercharger. Yeah, it's possible that 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 V eight will be a you know reasonably sensible everyday car, won't it? In a way that anything with a Hellcat engine is a bit more of a, a bit more of a leap. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I don't know what the fuel efficiency difference would be between the two engines. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, I, I guess we could compare. We'd have to dig into, let's say, you know, a Challenger three ninety two versus Hellcat. You know, all I can say is that our GT five hundreds economy is abysmal in real <laughs> in the real life. Oh yeah, I think we're in the low. We're we're averaging the low teens. Yeah, but when you're in it, um, it's your fault. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly your fault because you have that sound and you want to get on it and no there's not a lot of just putting around town casually in in the GT500. It's definitely a show off vehicle. Um I think this uh the the TRX is going to be interesting in 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 sort of the same vein um more so Bill in in your world because you have the big property and it's funded like just take it off into the dirt or do whatever with it like you can do with some of your vehicles not all of your vehicles you've got the hot rods right you've got the challengers and, and the chargers um but uh you know and Bill's then that void perfectly yeah and then there's going to be a world of of you know your guys at 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 gearhead are going to say oh well Bring that thing over here. Let's make a twelve hundred horsepower, you know, truck, right? Because they can, and and also they're working on GT five hundreds and stuff as well. But um, okay, so that's where we are with TRX. Uh, I think what was the starting price sixty nine thousand and change seventy thousand bucks basically. Um, I went onto the configurator to to click a few things, and I was like, yeah, it's getting into the eighty thousand dollar range. We were all we were who 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 guessed in the eighties. Was that you, man? I think we we were saying. Well, we were trying to compare to the uh, to the Raptor that I think would be a little bit above, probably in the seventies range before option. So seventy. Yeah, was let's just let's just say first edition's coming in around ninety something. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I so, think uh, so with tax, a hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, with tax. So thanks, now, man. I, it was hard to hard to gulp the ninety. Thanks for popping it up to hundred for me. Um, yeah. I, I think fully loaded launch edition with everything is about ninety three thousand. I think that's kind of where ninety three seven ninety three seven. Well, there you go. Yeah. And uh, uh, you're right with the tax and everything. You're you're a hundred grand. And uh, um, but what else are you gonna buy for a hundred grand? 
<laughs> oh, wow. There, oh, there's, boy, there's, how that's there's, changed over there's, the years. There's, huh? there's quite a bit. Well, you bought your C8 and your GT500 for less than 100 grand. So, for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, well, we could, you know, there's there's that argument as well. Uh, by the way, you could obviously spend 100000 or more on, on both of those cars. Um, the question is, uh, I, I lost my train of thought, but the at at 100,000 oh is well at 93,000 whatever is this now the most expensive truck in its category do we have uh, uh you know a, a king ranch or something i think that's i think that's it i think yeah, that, i think sticker it. for I think sticker i, I think 93,000 is is the most you can spend on a on a truck of in that category of that size. So, uh, congratulations, Ram. <laughs> Maybe that was another crown they were going after. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, uh, it, it seems like F one fifty has been racing to be to make a hundred thousand dollar F one fifty at some point, and and God's beat them to it. And I guess they beat them to it. But I I don't know. I always thought some version of like new F one fifty platinum fully loaded four wheel drive hybrid whatever starts to get you into the hundred thousand dollar range but maybe it's not gonna quite get you there. But Yeah. Uh, more it'll get you into the eighteen ninety. Yeah. But you're right, if uh if a Raptor with a GT five hundred engine comes out, I think you're gonna you you guys are gonna be competing for price. But that's gonna be a tough one because we already have a GT five hundred. We know the prices of those. So does the Raptor have a premium on that? I don't think so. I think it needs to come in a, a, a little less than than GT5. I mean, base price and then fully loaded price are kind of two different things. But, you know, we're, we're at 93 no, We were wrong on that philosophy with Dodge. Yeah, I didn't think you'd be able to option it up to 93000 And uh, options are where the, you know, the options list are where car companies are making their money. If anybody, yeah, the uh, I think the first edition package came in right under thirteen. Yeah, I was going to say I think it was like twelve or thirteen thousand, and everyone's just taking a page out of uh, the Porsche option guide of Do, of profitability. <laughs> you know, I've got one this this week which really wowed me. We've got a nine eleven Carrera, in which is a lovely car. I actually think it's my favorite nine eleven, including the Turbo S. Uh, as a road car, it's just lovely, and it's um, but they're charging a thousand bucks for lane change keeping assist. Mm-hmm. You know the thing that that, that basically if it, that that helps you if you if you're wandering out your lane and that sort of thing. Thousand bucks, you can get that on like a twenty thousand dollar Nissan for standard. Yeah, standard. <laughs> it's it was funny. the same that 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 box was on the TRX also, but fortunately it comes in the first edition. Oh, so you, you only had to pay thirteen thousand yeah, exactly. dollars to get it included. To get it included, it's funny. I didn't want it uh, for a grand. I didn't want it. I didn't want it for free. But <laughs> the thing is, you, you you can't wander out the lanes. It's going to be wider than the lane. Yeah, that's exactly. right. It, it's wider than the lane you're in anyway. So what difference yeah, does it'll it make? always go off? Yeah, it's yeah. always it's just be flashing in the corners the whole yeah. time. There's always something there. What is it? It's trees. It's buildings. It's like you, it's not another <laughs> it's car. Thunder. I I watched your um I watched your film about the new Nissan Rogue and right. I think it's Rogue. Uh, that yeah. you did, Alistair. And that's an example yep. of here's here's something that is more mass market. It comes with all the features you could possibly imagine. And it, now everything with diamond stitch interiors on the seats and uh, all the technology and lane keep assist and anti-collision this and that and whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, nowhere near <laughs> the price that we're talking about with a fully featured out rogue right so yeah fully featured out it's going to be 40 40 grandish yeah yeah right and so that's that's it's it makes you start to question uh the the uh options list i think i was just playing around with a nissan nsx configurator and uh, uh the the carpets i don't know if it comes with floor mats or if it's optional or it's the plush floor mat option it was like twelve hundred dollars you know there's only two seats in that car right this isn't three rows this isn't like it came with 18 pieces of carpet this is you know floor mats there's two that's that's quite a bit that's i don't know we're looking at six hundred dollars per carpet per per uh floor mat (laughs) seems like a lot um all right so let's get into uh uh corvette c8 um you guys took delivery of the C8, and uh, I don't know if you've tested it against your GT500 for the sake of colors on the screen, or you've just we compared have. the list. But uh, uh, what's your thoughts, C8? 
Well, we, you might imagine that uh, we might be shooting a film of GT500 and C8 coming up. Um, C8 is, it's, um, so just remind me, I know we talked about this, well, actually, I haven't been running here, is, so we went for the standard car, we then added the um, Z51 sort of track package, sports seat, so we added 20 grand of options, so we ended up paying uh, 80,660 uh, as a as a sticker price, so 2LT, which is the kind of like mid-spec trim, which gives you the kind of gadgets that you want, Z51 performance package, which is the brakes, the suspension, the exhaust, the rear axle ratio, the slippy diff, etc. I'd say you want that. Magnetic ride control, GT2 seats, front front lift, seconds oh, yeah. critical, um, and then things like red great calipers and i wanted some red seat belts which was slightly indulgent but it looks cool <laughs> in the pictures yeah. so we ended up spending we ended up spending eighty thousand six sixty on it which is probably the sweet spot yeah you don't need red seat belts but you can it's it's that kind of range um what what did you pay for thing. the gt500 about the same we went for a gt500 uh we optioned it up a little bit but didn't go for the full carbon pack which is 20 grand so again we kind of went for what we thought was the sweet spot so you have the gurney flap, which I think looks way cooler than the big rear wing anyway. So um, for your GT500, so yeah. you went with the handling pack, but not yeah. the full carbon track pack. And you can't get the track pack and the handling pack. It's one or the other or none yeah. at all. Good knowledge. That's right. Yeah. So you don't get the carbon wheels and stuff. But, you know, honestly, there was only like another 20 grand. And, and we thought this was actually the better, the better package. Um, we actually have, have had both of them on the on the on the test track, and it's kind of interesting because the, the Corvette's got four ninety five horsepower, the GT five hundred's got seven sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they the weigh? Corvette, Did you figure out what they weighed? Yeah, we weighed them. Uh, the Corvette has three is three six three six four nine pounds, so three thousand six hundred fifty pounds. Weight distribution forty sixty, front to rear. Uh, GT500, 4,168 pounds, so basically about 600, uh, 500 pounds Oof. heavier, Yeah, and 56.44 front-to-rear weight distribution. So pounds per horsepower, which is always the figure I'm, I'm always really interested in, 7.4 for the VET, 5.5 for the GT500. And interestingly, we've just run a normal Carrera, 911 Carrera, 8.9 pounds per, per horsepower. But when you get into the zero to sixty, of course, it's all it's all about traction and how it launches. So Corvette three point four seconds, uh, GT five hundred three point seven, just because you struggle that much more to put the power down. Um, and wait for this: a standard Carrera with three seventy nine horsepower, so a lot less, three point six. So only just outside the Corvette. I mean, it's crazy that a standard nine eleven Carrera now with three seventy nine horsepower, three point six seconds to sixty. And that's all about the tires and the weight distribution, yeah. the way that that transmission works and, and, and actually deploys the power. Just out when of you curiosity, get, when, you, when you do those launches, do you try them with the launch control versus your foot, you know, just feeling it out? And, and is, are you finding one being better than the other? When launch control came out on these vehicles, a really good hot shoe was faster than the launch control. But now the launch control is getting better. We, we still beat it. You still beat it. Okay, yeah. so a GT500 is 3.7, 0 to 60, doing it on your own. Yeah, so we, we generally, you know, we will always test with test with both and stuff. We'll also test on rollouts as well. But, yeah, generally speaking, you know, we do this all the time. So we, we will generally beat the beat the system. So on a GT500 and actually doing this myself at the end of the week on a, on a circuit, yeah, you'll tend to have your uh, have your left foot on the brake, but only a little bit, so you're not building up too much revs. You're just wanting to get the engine fired. Then you'll just roll your left foot off, and then eat, you get you, you have to deploy it. You know, you can't just jump on it because otherwise you just sit there with the wheel spinning. So traction traction off, and then just you know, as soon as you start to see it bite, then you're feeding it in with um with greater force. It's interesting. I've got the quarter miles here as well, which is yeah. which is more instructive. So quarter of a mile for the Corvette, eleven point five. Uh, at 119.7 GT500 this is where it kind of comes through the pack 11.3 at 130 so 10 miles an hour faster but if you look at the that's the horsepower right that's the horsepower yeah. now doing uh, yeah and, uh, and both are now ahead of the Carrera but only just standard Carrera 11.8 at 116.8 so it's interesting isn't it like we always talk about horsepower but 
having good horsepower properly deployed and the weight in the right place and everything else still makes a huge difference. And you lose the bragging rights, but actually, you know, when you when you look at the hard numbers, it, it it's a it's a slightly different story. And we found it found it really interesting. But the Corvette, the Corvette is um I've actually got it in my garage at the moment. I'm heading up to uh, heading up to Willow Springs with it on Thursday. It's a lovely, it's a lovely thing. There's a few things I don't like. I think you sit a bit high in it, um, and those bucket seats. I mean, I'm like built like a stick insect, and it's squeezing my buttocks. So I don't know how Bill would get on in it. But uh, it's, <laughs> you just said Bill has a fat ass. Thanks. I'll wear it like a suit. <laughs> Bill has a more sculptured, broader, broader backside, but. Uh, it's no i mean it's a cool thing uh the only other thing is it's it, again we're talking about cars that are really wide when you look at how big it, i mean think about a 911 the new 911 is is big and we always talk about how much bigger the 911's got yeah Although it's super wide you know it's a big vehicle but it's um it sounds fantastic it steers nicely not as nice as the 911 but it still steers nicely the ride quality is the thing that really shines out for me i've just driven it back down to 405 and actually it's uh it's it's super plush ride. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice everyday car and yet it's a mid engine supercar esque thing, which gives, you know, that it feels special, feels a lot more special than the previous generation. Car, how, definitely. how much was the Carrera that you tested that ran 3.6? Uh, that was a, that it comes in about 150 and there are a hundred to start with. And then with the option, but to be honest, the only performance options, uh, were, um, uh, with sport chrono so it's about 105 then you've got like five grand of leather and fancy seats so you know you don't actually have to put that much on them certainly from a performance perspective there's no tricky there's, there's none of the the tricky steering or the rear rear wheel steering anything like that it's fairly pretty standard car what what's what's your verdict on c8 versus gt500 for your money what what car are you buying well funny you should say that uh, we're actually about to go and do something quite special <laughs> with it with both of them <laughs> So you might, I might have to come on next time, actually, Matt. And uh, we, we, we may or may not. I never want to give away too much because you know maybe people are listening. Uh, but we may maybe be about to people are listening. <laughs> maybe people are listening. All right, so, so, so quite possibly. So you're going to do a video on uh, on on those cars. Uh, you, you you did the track video, but you're going to do some Willow Spring stuff. You're going to guys are going to go and. Uh, you got to do a little head to head on on what I I mean I don't think that the Carrera applies it's twenty twenty five thousand dollars more money you know similarly equipped so I I don't know if that's the, what you're cross shopping maybe you can throw you know the the Hellcat or something in there but obviously that's been out for a little while so we know the numbers on those um, but uh, GT five hundred versus C eight my my question is with all of the the delays on producing C8 and rolling it out and delivering it to customers that have been waiting months and months. Do they have to d- d- delay any hotter version of it? Z06, ZR1, hybrid, flat plane crank, all the rumors that we're hearing. Is it going to be too close? Is it going to feel like Supra and then next year we had you know Supra – uh, you know, with with more horsepower, is, is the C8 already going to feel that way? It, it's a, it's interesting because you say, I mean, like ours arrived, and it was a bit like, you know, you, you're right. You have that initial wave of excitement. We've got it on order, and then by the time you sort of, what, eight months later, there is a bit where your enthusiasm kind of wanes. It wanes, mm-hmm. and yeah, they need to give this car its its life a little bit, and then Z06 will be the next one, and yeah, flat plane cranks and all the rest of it. The other thing is like how. It comes out of these comms and comms got like, how much performance do you really need? Like, you know, they've put the baseline in for 60 grand that you've got a car that's in the, the low threes to, to 60 and he's running, you know, one G on our skid pan and everything else. It's like, this thing's just going to get nuttier and nuttier. I mean, where's the ZR1 land? Right. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, but that's kind of what we love about it, right? Is is I, how... I do wonder if in, in in like ten years' time we'll be looking back and say, God, do you imagine when cars were doing like zero to sixty in three and a half seconds? That's rubbish. 
Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what did you joke back then? Um, all right. So let me uh, tell you guys again about uh, Dodge. Summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle because Dodge Power Dollars means you get a guaranteed discount. The math is simple. You get $10 off based on the total horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle. So that applies to every Dodge, uh, every 2020 Challenger, every 2020 Durango, every 2020 Charger. You get the most out of your horsepower this summer. With $10 off for each horsepower, that means you can uh, you can roll into the dealer. You can pick up a Dodge Charger SRT Scat Pack. It's got 485 horsepower, so you'll get $4,850 off. And this summer, Dodge Power Dollars is back on the Dodge Durango as well. So no matter where the summer takes you, the Dodge Durango is here to make every trip this season a breeze. Get more power, get more off. It's that simple. Hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars. All right. Well, I can't wait to see the uh, to the videos and the more details of, of the stuff that you guys are doing on those cars. The TRX is going to be uh, a fun vehicle for sure. It's definitely opulent it's it's meant to be a, just a fun uh, a toy for sure i'm sure we're going to see them rolling around all over la for some ungodly reason uh, <laughs> and uh uh and you're right good luck trying to park it i mean not only can you not get it in half the spots but uh and on the roads but i don't know how you get it in half the parking garages we have out here anyway uh, uh so it's uh it should be be interesting. I can't wait to drive one and uh, and kind of get your hands on it. And it's weird because in the in the world of of these super SUVs and the super trucks and all the things that we're we're uh, we're seeing out now, um, you know, Lamborghini SUV and, and X five M competition. I mean, we, we have trucks that weigh five thousand something pounds, fifty five hundred pounds that are doing zero to sixty and three and a half seconds. I don't know how fast that Lamborghini is. I forgot, but that thing is a blast to drive. But my thought on why we sort of find things like Raptor and now TRX and stuff like that and Trackhawk and and Mustang and Corvette is is the ability to modify them. You know, we have so much fun with personalization and saying, hey, you know, we we have a 700 horsepower car. I want to make it 800, or I want to make it handle better, or drag race better, or you know, I, I or in Bill's case, I want to put a parachute on my four door charger. <laughs> I want a I want a caravan with a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ralph Ralph Gills is uh, making a, a. I think he's got the speed car Master. speed car guys doing a a charger. I think a. 69 or 70 charger with a elephant engine yes sir they're making that for him because i don't know he's bored if you follow him he he was restoring uh his alfa romeo as well he saw the uh uh gtv i think i don't know if it was gta but that would have been pricey but gtv his uh, little alfa romeo he's making himself a little 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 hot rod out of that thing too so uh, they sound like they're having some fun over there, and that's why we love doing this because everybody's having a little bit of fun. So imagine trying that—you have that thing going around a corner with a elephant engine that much weight over the front axle. <laughs> that's like yeah, that's I, like I even going to turn. I I don't know. I I mean, it's a big car for sure, the big Charger. Uh, I assume they're going to try to move that engine back as far as they can. They're going to dig into the firewall, move that engine back. I mean, if it's just all for looks, then just throw the engine in and you'll be fine. But if you move that thing back six inches. Uh, it's going to make a huge difference. I mean, you're still going to have a huge, massive car. The Charger is a big car. Huge. Yeah. You know? Um, and, you know, the one that they did, uh, what was the name of that thing? Was it Evolution? Tantrum. Tantrum? Was it Tantrum. Tantrum. Or- yeah. Yeah. That one was just a beautiful example of their engineering capabilities, all the 3D printing and stuff that they did, and the machine work and, and all the, the finishes. The craftsmanship and-, and the final product of that car leads me to believe that I don't, I don't give a shit if it turned at all. That thing was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it looked it looks fantastic. So uh, I, I, I could see why Ralph wanted to go to them and say, hey, I want something of my own. And I'm sure he put pen to paper on this one as well, being, you know, a design guy and, uh, and you know, 
had those guys. When I was in uh, Wisconsin visiting Snap-on, I spoke to Dave at uh, Speedcore, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, tonight I'm having dinner with, with Ralph. We're going to talk about his car that we're, we're building for him. And I was like, oh, that's got to be a fun conversation. Well, but- we're going we're to see in real time how creative – uh, they can be and their process because if you look on my Instagram, mm-hmm. you'll see the dyno shot of the twin turbo car today. Yeah, so it's being it's being finished up. It's going to be shipped out, and the car that you see today, you know, the 2017 uh, uh, skinny tire Charger, is going to undergo a transformation completely 100% in their hands. And like I said, I don't really know what the finished product's going to look like. I don't even know if I'm going to get a rendering. So we're <laughs> going to see what they can do with a base charger and put their spin on it, you know, in a two-month period of time. Nice. Yeah, a lot of trust you're throwing over there to those guys. <laughs> well, I trust them, man. Yeah, they've I earned it, though. Um, all right, so, guys, go to Edmunds.com, and all the new stuff is at Edmunds.com slash road noise. And... Uh, Read all about the C8 and uh, and the Nissan Rogue. Check out uh, Alistair's video on that, as well as uh, GT500. More exciting stuff coming from them. We're going to have you back on again, but uh, we're going to wrap it up for for now. Uh, let's see. Am I forgetting anything? Is there anything else? that I feel like we're forgetting something, but I don't know what it is. Uh, Bill, you're going to have to get us some dyno numbers when you get those for the charter. I know. Uh, I will post them tomorrow. Oh, there you Any go. Any guesses? Uh, you know, I, I they're going to do what? They're going to do a pump gas version and an E85 version. So I think um, they're going to do uh, – uh, well, we know there was a target of about 1,500. So I don't think they want to go less than that. So I'm going to say the the race gas or E85 version is going to be 1,523. And the pump gas version will be eleven ninety eight. From your mouth to Mario's <laughs> ears. <laughs> I don't know where I got those numbers from, <laughs> but uh, that's uh, that's where I'm at with uh, eleven ninety eight and fifteen twenty three. I think is what I said. Um, You're not far off. Okay, what's wh- anything else on uh, on Edmonds we should be checking out? What do you guys got coming up? Uh, we've got see, we also just launched a new feature where you can actually get a cash offer for your car. That's actually worth checking out. So if you're looking to trade in your car or actually just get cash, get cash for it, we, we're now offering that facility through the site, edmunds.com slash sell my car. Uh, see what oh, we nice. did there? Edmunds.com slash sell my car. So that we just introduced that actually recently. And yeah, that's pretty, pretty exciting. That's a pretty good deal because now you could, you know, you don't have to futz around with, uh, with uh, with all the listings and this and that and 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 showing tons of people with the coronavirus risk and all that stuff, it, it, it's a big deal. I mean, you know, you'd expect me to say this, but actually, we've seen a big uptick in in traveling, just people using a facility like ours. So, because you can't go around, you know, you don't want to go around twenty different dealerships and kick tires. Actually, you can come to a site like ours and kind of find out everything that you need to know and search for inventory, see what your current car's worth see what's out there in the market and pretty much do the whole thing, you know, from your phone or, you know, from your, from your living room. What, what's the market right now? Is it a buyer's market or a seller's market? If you've got a used car, do you want to sell? The value of used cars at the moment. I mean, when Corona first hit, used cars dropped, dropped dramatically. And there's a lot of be going junk. up now and mm-hmm. now they're going up like hell. I mean, we, the, I think the average price of used cars is going to be like 2000 bucks in the last century in the last month. So, it's definitely a seller's market for uh, if you're sitting on a used vehicle. Um, and, you know, there's arguably there's less good deals around on, on some of the new stuff, but there's still deals to be done. So, yeah, it's a buyer's, it's a buyer's market right now. But used car values are going crazy, like record highs. Great. The price of my M3 just went up. All right, guys, we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, uh, some, some used cars, there's always caveats. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a few. I guess there's a few, few caveats. Some of them are also going to be skyrocketing like my car. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, thanks a lot. We're going to head over the studio to the next guys, but uh, I appreciate it. Uh, Alistair, always... Uh, Always a pleasure having you on. And, of course, you, know, you can follow us. Uh, I'm at Motorator on social media. We've got Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter, Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. And uh, Alistair Weaver's uh, plugs are behind my screen, but I'm going to say Alistair Weaver on 
Twitter, and yeah. Weaver on Cars. We, Weaver-ometer? <laughs> now no, he changed it. He's Weaver on Cars. <laughs> <laughs> on, on Instagram. <laughs> we love you. Oh, thanks, yeah. buddy. I appreciate it. Till next time, yeah, keep the air, out. the spare, and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Guys, thanks so much for listening. And just a reminder that right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies. And that's 15% on top of the money Geico could already be saving you. So what are you waiting for? This is a deal you won't want to miss. There's never been a better time to switch to Geico than now. And if you save an extra 15%, if you do it by October 7th. So jump on to geico.com to learn more. That's geico.com.